0: Acclaimed integrative medicine expert, Dr. Holly Lucille.
1: Think well. Act well. Be well.
0: Inherently you. Hi, folks. Yes, thanks for being here. It is Dr. Holly Lucille. And listen, so many times I've talked about um, things on this show... Uh, And the importance of reducing exposure of environmental toxins wherever we can, because it is so important. Uh, Now, I know that we, you know, many of my listeners know that conventionally raised fish, right? We know that this is a big deal, has large amounts of mercury. But did you know that rice can contain high levels of arsenic or that chemicals used in colognes can correspond to reduced sperm count in men? Going through a regular day, the average person encounters a constant stream of chemical toxins from chemical-laden foods, paints, printing inks, flame retardants, coolants, wood floor finishes, to Scotchgard treating clothes, cosmetics, pizza boxes, popcorn dust, and so much more. We are going to talk all about it because I have the lovely and esteemed Dr. Joe Pizzorno. He is a friend of mine. He is a mentor. He is my hero. He is a world-leading authority on science-based natural medicine. Now, this is a term he coined in 1978, and I'm so glad that he did. He's a licensed naturopathic physician, just like myself, an educator, a researcher, a clinician, and a lecturer. And most importantly for our talk today, he is the author of a book that's coming out very soon. I've been waiting for this, The Toxin Solution, how hidden poisons in the air, water, food, and products we are all using are destroying our health. Dr. Joe Pizzorno, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for that very kind introduction, dear friend. I'm uh, delighted to be with you today.
0: (laughs) Now listen, it's great to have you here. I'm so excited, and I'm so excited. I have their book right in front of me. Um... I love it because it's going to help so many people. You know, I have talked over and over and over again about the fact that there is so much information out there now more than ever. I mean, I have my podcast and there are articles and blogs and tweets and posts and wearables. And there are uh, there's just so much information to help people get and stay well. But alas we still see chronic health issues continuing to be on the rise. I mean, I just saw a diabetes stat that in in 2050, we are to increase the diagnosis of diabetes two, the modifiable type by 160% from where we are now. And this has gotten my attention. And you know, when I saw John Week's um, article in the Huffington Post this summer uh, about you, where you said toxicity is the primary driver of disease, I mean, it really got my attention.
1: Right. Yeah. There. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No. I'm. So, I let's talk a little bit about this. Um, t- how do toxins cause disease?
1: Well, I think that's the, the exactly right question to be asking. And uh, also, I wanted to add it to your your uh, comment about diabetes. So that the way toxins cause disease is actually pretty straightforward. If you think about our bodies, they are basically enzyme machines. And as you know, enzymes are basically composed of a protein determined by our DNA, and then a cofactor, and those co- cofactors are vitamins and minerals. So in order for the, our b- health, our bodies to function and for us to have health and resist disease, our enzymes have to work, which means we have to have the vitamins and minerals we need for those enzymes to work properly. And unfortunately, you. if you look at modern agricultural procedures, over the last 50 years, we've dramatically decreased in nutrient content of foods, which is problematic. But even worse, we're being exposed to a lot of toxins. So the way most toxins cause disease is by competing for the nutrients in the enzymes so that the new toxins go into the enzymes and poison them so they don't work properly so Mm -hmm. not only we made our enzymes work less prop less effectively because of nutrient deficiencies but now we're poisoning them so so it's almost like a
0: uh, uh, yeah so it's
1: almost like a double whammy yes exactly it is exactly a double whammy so not only um do we have the problem with the enzymes not working uh, properly? But the uh, these toxins also do things like poison insulin receptor sites. So, you know, uh, on your cells, you've got these receptor sites that insulin then talks to to say, okay, time to let sugar into the cells. Well, the problem is if you're blocking those insulin receptor sites with, for example, many of the chemical toxins we're being exposed to, then the cells don't respond to insulin the way they're supposed to, so now the pancreas has to overproduce insulin to get sugar into the cells. And after you do this for about 20 years, the pancreas wears out, and now you've got diabetes. So when you talk about the diabetes epidemic, way back half a century ago, when I first started being involved with medicine, diabetes was rare. It affected like one-half a percent of the population. So I remember my first year in practice way back in 1975. I was so excited when I finally saw a patient with diabetes. It was months before I saw a patient with diabetes but now it's 10 to 20 times more common and has become the most expensive disease we treat today. One of every seven healthcare dollars is spent on people with diabetes. So it's a huge problem and it's totally caused by the environmental toxins we've exposed ourselves to.
0: I think that is such an amazing point. And when we look at this healthcare system that we're you know sort of struggling with right now, politically uh, and logistically wise, Um, I don't think there are many people out there that are looking at this as the primary driver. And I think it's such important information. And that's why this book is coming out. I think it's the beginning of next month, correct? Correct. All right, so great, The Toxin Solution. Because, you know, as naturopathic doctors, I've said this over and over again, we strive to identify and treat the cause. And I think if we are going to stop the epidemic and therefore stop the billions of dollars that are spent on unnecessary uh, diabetes that is, you know, so rampant, then we do have to understand our environment uh, and how it's definitely causing disease. What else, um, besides diabetes, are you seeing as far as diseases ca- caused by toxins?
1: Oh, oh uh, Holly, the, the list is really, really long, and it's just so scary. I, yeah. Um, so I've been looking at, so so I, I, about a, two years ago, when I was writing an editorial for my journal, the... Uh, I'm C.J. or Integrative Medicine at Clinicians Journal. I was starting to look at what diseases seem to have the strongest correlations with with disease with with toxin. So which toxins Hi. are causing the most disease? I started going through the list and I was finding these huge correlations. Now, of course, we know correlation does not prove causation, but sure tells you where to look. <clears throat> so I was sure. looking at conditions like diabetes, obviously, but then osteoporosis, rheumatoid arthritis, 88. Uh, ADHD in children, um, lung cancer, mm. breast cancer, I was trying to look at all these conditions and say, wow, if you look at the people with the top who are in the top 20% of exposure to these toxins and compare them to people with the bottom 20% of exposure to the toxins, you see factors like nine times more common to have rheumatoid arthritis if you're exposed to chemical toxins compared to those who aren't exposed to chemical toxins. And I just see this by disease, by disease, by disease. So then I decided to look at it a little differently and say, well, how does this toxin exposure compare to the effects from cigarette smoking? I use that example because everybody knows cigarette smoking is bad for you. What most people don't realize is that what cigarette smoking does is basically doubles people's risk for lung cancer. And so it turns out that about 21% of the population is smoking and they're doubling their risk for lung cancer. That sounds bad. But what if we start looking at what other chemical or metal exposures are we having that actually increase disease worse than cigarette smoking? So let's look at, I'm just gonna kind of go up this list real quickly. So look at diabetes, and with diabetes, uh, one of the chemicals we're exposed to is the bisphenol A. Do you get in plastics, from plastic exposure and things like this. And it turns out that 22% of the population has bisphenol A levels in their blood that doubles the risk of diabetes. Well, let's look at another example. How about DDT? Now, everybody knows we banned DDT way back in 1974 because it's, it's such a bad It's still hanging
0: problem.
1: out. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and as you <laughs> exactly you said, it's what's called a persistent organic <laughs> pollutant, which means yeah. that once it gets into the environment, once it gets into our bodies, it's extremely difficult to get it out. So children, you know, children were born long after DDT was banned. It turns out 25% of children, as one out of every four children, has DDT levels high enough in their bodies to double the risk of of uh, ADHD. Okay, so you're wondering why we have so much ADHD? Well, we're poisoning the kids with DDT. Well, let's let's look at some more. How about breast cancer? So uh, PCBs, the polychlorinated biphenyls, which were banned in 1977, are just like DDT. They're persistent in the environment. They build up in people. Matter of fact, the older the person, the more PC, the higher the PCB levels. Then you look at women with PCBs, measure the amount, and sixty percent of women have PCB levels high enough to double the risk of, lung, of breast cancer. So, so we're not talking about small portion of the population. We're talking about the majority of the population being exposed to toxins at a level that at least doubles the risk of disease.
0: Unbelievable. So. You know, you mentioned those, you know, DDT, bisphenol A, things that we've heard about in the headlines, things that I've talked about on this show. Where are they coming from? Where do these come from?
1: Yes, Uh, again, very good, very good question. So I've been actually, I've been trying to answer that question as, as, um, you know, rigorously as I can based on the research. And at this point, my best assessment is that about seventy percent of our toxic load comes from food. And that toxin load comes from foods being contaminated with, you know, pesticides and herbicides, and putting arsenic into chicken so that we we'll have more white meat. All these kinds of things. Things. But not only is it the foods being contaminated as they're being produced, but when we put them in the packaging material, those packaging materials also uh, leak into the body. So I, I looked at one study, this is in my book, where I looked at the amount of bisphenol A in uh, canned soup. So. Oh, my God. People can either make soup at home with organically grown vegetables, of course, if possible, or they can buy uh, canned soup. Well, it turns out if you eat five servings of canned soup a week, you increase increase your bisphenol A, bisphenol a levels by a factor of 12. In other words, 1200 <laughs> percent. So we're not talking That's about five small Five cans. Now. Yeah, five. So five. No, five servings. So five eight-ounce servings. Five a week. servings. Okay. Now, but here's here's the kicker. I'm sorry. Two servings a week is enough to increase the bisphenol A levels to double the risk of diabetes. So that's just that's just one example. So you go through example example, like soy milk, for example. People are drinking soy milk as a cow's milk substitute. Well, that's fine. But are you drinking soy milk in cans? Or are you drinking soy milk in plastic-lined uh, paper containers? Or are you drinking soy milk in glass? Well, if you're drinking soy milk in another and the uh, cans or the, um, the paper sources, if you're doing just two servings a week, increase, increase your bisphenol levels by a factor of 16. So it's huge increases. So you're drinking soy milk, you think, oh, this is nice, healthy food, and now you give yourself diabetes because it's been contaminated by the uh, packaging materials.
0: This information is so vitally important to the listeners. It's so vital important for every single individual that lives on this planet, because yep. you know the question of why why are all of our chronic health issues continuing to be on the rise despite all of this knowledge that comes out each and every year? And if we don't look deeper and deeper and deeper at a more sustainable, eco-friendly um, world to live in, I think this is just going to continue to be a huge problem. And and Absolutely. you know when you're telling me about this soup food 70 percent uh 70 percent of our toxic load comes from food and soup and soy milk and people that are having the idea this is the thing that drives me crazy having the idea in their heart that they're doing the right thing you know that they're picking maybe you know soup that's been marketed for its health benefits or what have you or that it's chock full of four servings of vegetables and that they're doing the right thing and they just don't know any better and that's why I'm so passionate about getting information out this out uh, out there like this because I want people to be provoked I want their minds to sort of be tapped on so they can wake up a little bit because it's you you mentioned some startling uh, statistics and percentage as far as increasing in toxic load and risk for diabetes etc but this is those were small amounts of time five servings in a week or what have you this is on a daily basis i think uh you know when we think of plastics and pesticides and car exhausts and soaps and emulsifiers and household cleaning aids and every single thing that people come in contact with on a daily basis it's so important i think to understand first about first of all where they come from but also to try to reduce that exposure wherever they can
1: yes Uh, just just exactly exactly right on One of the big challenges, and I think one reason why we haven't appreciated how bad these toxins are, is that you have to look at how toxins are researched. And up until about, oh, five, maybe 10 years ago, almost all the toxin research was being done with relatively high dosages of exposure, you know, Q toxicity, industrial exposure, and things like this. So when people have high levels of exposure, it's pretty easy to make a connection between their diseases and the toxins. But what we've done is, we are exposing people to a lot of toxins at relatively low dosages over their entire life lifetime. So, what might not be a problem over a short period of time is now accumulation of problems over time. But it's also the cumul, not just the, the accumulation of the toxins, but it's the synergistic effects between the toxins. It turns out, one of the key ways in which we protect ourselves from many of these chemical metal toxins is with a molecule you know well, uh, glutathione so glutathione yes. does two things. One is it binds to a lot of the chemical toxins in the liver to get them out of the body, but it also helps protect us from the oxidative damage done by these toxins. The problem is glutathione just limits a supply in our bodies. And so the more toxins people are exposed to, the more they deplete their glutathione stores, so it makes them less able to get rid of toxins and makes the toxins more toxic.
0: Oh, my gosh. All right, so how 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 best can people avoid toxins? What what do you suggest?
1: Yeah, and that, of course, is, is the big question. And I think it comes down to, uh, one is only eating organically grown foods, and if you're gonna buy them uh, packaged, only buy those that are uh, in glass, if at all possible. Second is, grow as much your own food as you can. I think this yeah. is really quite an important opportunity. I was, I, I was gonna lecture in Toronto on toxicity last summer, and one of my graduates from Bastyr, uh, Gaetano Morello. uh Gaetano was a I know there him well. well. Yeah, Gaetano is quite a, quite a character to me. But, and he's also <laughs> yeah. a really good doctor. So at dinner yeah. after the lectures, we were talking, and he made a comment to me. He said, hey, Joe, you know, I was not all of my older patients have their own gardens. And now he was mm-hmm. thinking it was because, while well, they have their own gardens, their hands are getting dirty, they're getting bacteria from the soil. And that's probably true. But I would say, if they're growing their own gardens, they're probably doing it with a lot less toxins, the food's fresher, they're preparing it themselves, so they're not getting the uh, you know, herbicides and pesticides and they're not getting chemicals from the packaging materials. So organically grown foods, right kind of packaging, prepare the foods properly, but then you have to look at the other three major sources of toxins. And they're the air, right. the water, health and beauty aids are big factors. So, for example, health and beauty aids, most people don't realize that they are a significant source of toxins. And the reason for that is that in order to get the fragrances into the health and beauty aids, they combine them with chemicals called phthalates. And the phthalates help stabilize mm-hmm. and stabilize these, uh, these uh, you know, things that make the, these agents smell nice, <laughs> okay, so the fragrances. Well, the big problem with that is that the phthalates are another one of those toxin, uh, chem- toxic chemicals that causes a lot of trouble. As a matter of fact, looking at the research... I think that maybe as much as one-quarter, and for sure at least one-fifth, of diabetes appears to be due to phthalates, because the phthalates basically block the insulin receptor sites. So the healthy beauty aids got to be low low chemical. And then air and water, um, I recommend people have uh, as much as possible clean water in their homes and using carbon block filters and things like this so the water can be as pure as possible.
0: It's, I mean, it's a full-time job, but I think that um, people need to start working at it um, and, and every little bit, you know, it, it, even myself who, uh, you know, I'm pretty aware and I'm exposed to this information and um, there are still things that I notice in my, my home and in my routine that I kind of just scratch my head and go, why didn't I think about that before? And so, sort of, you know, I... I could say that maybe I'm. There's a part of me that's even sort of sleepwalking in a sense, and I think that most people are. We just aren't. We aren't um, understanding the the accumulation on a daily basis of these toxins, and so to to really look at that is important. Now, to avoid toxins is one thing, but as you said, sort of with um, DDT, this persistent uh, or, organic pollutant that's around, <laughs> even though we've banned it. How, then, are we supposed to, if we've been exposed to these things, fat-soluble, pass through our skin, accumulate over time in our fat cells, how do we get them out of our body?
1: Yeah, another another great question. So it, it turns out our bodies, as you know, have uh, a lot of really good mechanisms for detoxification. Uh, and unfortunately, we've pretty much sabotaged almost all of them. So as we evolved as a species, of course, there were these chemicals in the foods they were eating that weren't good for us, and so we developed these great enzymes in the liver to break them down. The problem with the new chemicals being designed, these persistent organic pollutants, is they were designed to be difficult to break down. There's not much point in spraying something on foods to protect it from insects and then having that chemical break down right away so they can't uh, protect the food from the insects. So things are difficult to break down. So they have half-lives in the body that are really long. They're measured in months into even years. So for example, DDT, the half-life of DDT in the body is about 10 years. <clears throat> but the other thing we've done, which has made it more difficult for us to get rid of toxins, is that we are now on a low fiber diet. So a critical factor to help the body's innate healing processes for getting rid of toxins, to increase the amount of fiber we're absorbing, we're consuming. So for example, as we evolved as a species, we're consuming 100 to 150 grams of fiber a day. Now we only consume about 20 grams of fiber a day. So you might say, why is that important? Well, when the liver goes through all this metabolic energy to get a toxin out, what it does is it dumps it now into the gut, where the body's expecting it to be bound to fiber to go out through the stools. Mm-hmm. While there's not enough fiber there, it gets reabsorbed through something called intrapatic recirculation. And here's, the, mm-hmm. here's a great example of that. So mercury is one of the a serious toxin, and our bodies are actually pretty good at getting rid of mercury, and we actually dump into the gut about um, one half of one percent of the body load of mercury every day. So again, we're pretty good at getting rid of mercury. It still takes a month or two to get rid, of, get rid of it, but we can get rid of it. The problem is, since there's not enough fiber in the g- gut, 99% of the mercury, when th- we went through all this trouble to get rid of, gets reabsorbed right back into the body. So the mechanisms are there for protecting us, but we have to support them. So not only you have to have fiber, but also almost all of the enzymes in the liver that detoxify these chemicals. Well, they need things like iron, but in part, particular, they need things like B vitamins. So if you have a standard American diet, which is low in B vitamins, those detox enzymes are not going to work very well.
0: Right, and as you mentioned earlier in the show, that those enzymes are rendered ineffective because of the toxic load in the first place.
1: Yep. <laughs> so so this really a double triple whammy
0: <laughs> it's a double triple whammy yeah and I, I mean I think it's great information all right so let's talk about your book because um I am so excited to have it uh but I love that you have an eight-week program to detoxify your life because I think that this this book is going to be invaluable for each and every household in the United States and beyond um this eight weeks uh what do people go through so
1: as I've you know I've you know, like you, I've seen a lot of patients over the years. And something that I noticed is that as people get more and more toxic, they start becoming interested in these detox programs you can see on the Internet. Now, the problem with many sure. detox programs is that they're g- very good at kind of stirring things up, but they're not very good about getting them out of your body. And the reason for that right. is that most of the body's detox systems are overloaded and not work very well. So what I do is I do in the first two weeks, I say to people, okay, let's just simply start. By helping you become more aware where the toxins are coming from and how to avoid them, then the next two weeks I awareness say awareness okay, is the
0: first step. Yes.
1: Yes. First step is you know stop them coming in. <laughs> we say well, yes, we want to get them out, yep. but there's no point in getting them out if you keep putting them back in again. Okay. Then the That's next correct. two weeks I say let's now start getting the bodies of deto- the body detoxification organism organs working properly. So I say now let's clean up your gut. Perfect. Turns out the gut with the wrong kind of bacteria in it. It's a huge source of toxins for the liver. So let's take two weeks to clean up your gut. Now, then, after you've done that, let's take two weeks to clean up your liver. Let's get your liver ready to get these chemical toxins out of your body. Then we spend two weeks to get the kidneys functioning properly. As you probably have noticed, we now have a kidney failure epidemic going on in this country because of all the chemicals we're being exposed to that are basically poisoning the kidney when they try to get rid of them. So mm-hmm. let's get the kidneys prepared. So after you have gone through this eight-week program of decreasing toxin exposure, Get the body ready for detoxification, then i have a ninth bonus week where I say, okay, now your body's ready. Now let's go through an intense detox program. And um, and that's what I tell people to do. And I put in there a bunch of case histories. I have, uh, I I think I wrote up 35 case histories for the book. Only about 10 of them were able to get into the book due to space limitations. So I have the other case histories on my website. And I just talk about patient after patient with these, quote, incurable diseases. Diseases uh, being basically given up on drugs coming to me, and I just do these foundational naturopathic principles, and that is get the nutrients in, get the toxins out.
0: And so that website that you're talking about is thetoxinsolution.com, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. So the website is uh, right, composed so- of two parts. One part is you know basically promoting the book. Then the other part is resources where I give people a whole whole bunch of resources on how to make their bodies less toxic.
0: This sounds brilliant. This sounds doable. Eight weeks is nothing comparative to uh, the body burden that I think all of us are walking around with. It sounds like you break it down in such great ways where awareness and education first and then priming that body, because I agree with you, you know, sometimes about the liver and if people want to do- detox too soon and they're not ready to do it and they don't have the mechanisms or the nutrients to do it, you know, it, I it's kind of like an almost an autotoxic machine. It's like kind of, I've oh, yeah. I've, I've said that. Phase one is sort of you going around your house and taking all the garbage out and sitting it outside, right? Phase two of the liver, sure. if it's down regulated is really the garbage man coming and taking it away. And if phase two is not working functionally uh, and properly and efficiently, then that garbage just starts to build up and build up and build up. And all of a sudden you look like a sidewalk in New York City when there's been a, you know, a strike from, the, <laughs> from those folks that... And, and that's what your body starts, And you don't feel good. You know, people are like, oh, I'll never try yeah. detoxing again because that really was awful. But so it sounds absolutely wonderful. All right. So folks, The Toxin Solution, an eight-week program to detoxify your life. Every single person needs to get this book. You can learn more at www.thetoxinsolution.com. And you can also find Dr. Joe Pizzorno on social media at drpizzorno, that's P-I-Z-Z-O-R-N-O. Joe, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, you have you have made my life um, and my profession just worth living. The, the research that you do, how you contribute to this profession and the, our society as a whole is just immeasurable, and I love you for it. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Take care, my friend.
0: All right, darling, thanks for being here. All right, folks, thanks for listening. This is Dr. Holly Lucille at Inherently You. You can check out more at inherentlyyou.com.